I come here today to talk about how I feel. And I feel like that we are treated differently than other people. And I don't like how we're treated. And just because of our color doesn't mean anything to me. I believe that we are black people and we shouldn't have to feel like this. We shouldn't have to protest because y'all are treating us wrong. We do this because we need to and have rights. And I'm in denial. And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile. to, uh, in our community, not to uh, promote our welfare or uh, for our security and our safety, but they're there to contain us, uh, to uh, brutalize us and murder us, uh, because they have their orders uh, to do so. A police in our community couldn't possibly be there uh, to uh, protect our property because we own no property. Uh, they uh, couldn't possibly be there to see that uh, we receive the due process of law for the simple reason that uh, the police themselves deny us the due process of law. And so it's very apparent that the police only in our community, uh, not for our security, but the security of the uh, business owners in the community, and also to see that uh, the status quo is kept intact. killing of George Floyd a week ago. I watched a white officer assassinate a black man, and I know that tore your heart out. And I know it's crippling. And I have nothing positive to say in this moment, because I don't want to be here. But I'm responsible to be here because it wasn't just Dr. King and people dressed nicely who marched and protested to progress this city and so many other cities. It was people like my grandmother, people like my aunts and uncles who were members of SCLC and NAACP, and in particular, Reverend James Orange, Mrs. Alice Johnson, and Reverend Love. So I'm duty bound to be here to simply say that it is your duty 
not to burn your own house down for anger with an enemy. It is your duty to fortify your own house so that you may be a house of refuge in times of organization. And now is the time to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. It is time to beat up prosecutors you don't like at the voting booth. It is time to hold mayoral offices accountable, chiefs and deputy chiefs. Atlanta is not perfect, but we're a lot better than we ever were, and we're a lot better than cities are. I'm mad as hell. I woke up wanting to see the world burn down yesterday because I'm tired of seeing black men die. He casually put his knee on a human being's neck for nine minutes as he died like a zebra in the clutch of a lion's jaw. And we watch it like murder porn over and over again. So that's why children are burning to the ground. They don't know what else to do. And it is the responsibility of us to make this better right now. We don't want to see one officer charged. We want to see four officers prosecuted and sentenced. We don't want to see targets burning. We want to see the system that sets up for systemic racism burnt to the ground. I'm telling these tears go and fall away, fall away. Oh, may the last one burn into flames. Don't let these bitch-ass niggas button your lip. <laughs> Say it anyway. What it is, what it ain't, and what it could be. Let's get a couple things out the way right now before we jump into things. Tell them. If you feel you are a racist, if you are uncomfortable, if you believe black people are doing too much with these protests or speaking out, posts on Instagram, social media entirely. I just want to let you know you can fuck off. If you hear the phrase Black Lives Matter and your rebuttal is All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter, you are one a dipshit and two, you can fuck off. If you believe you still believe Kaepernick and other players kneeling for the flag was an attack on the troops. Drew Brees. And not about the systematic oppression you can fuck off. And finally, if you are still supporting Trump and believe he has made America great again or is making America great everything that is going on right now and you believe police brutality against black people 
is the same against white people and any other race that I can say in the most direct way possible. Fuck off. Tell me what the fuck it is, God. I... I've spent the last two weeks trying to gather my thoughts, trying to figure out what to say, how to feel, how to approach different things thrown at me. And I'm still aggravated. I'm still, in a way, obviously emotional about it. We, you and I, Ski, just came from protesting today. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I was able to get out there. Uh, in D.C., one of the bigger protests so far. And I'm not going to lie to you. I came in there, emotions, so many thoughts just running through my brain. And when we first stopped, got out of the, the lift and, and walked to the bridge and started marching, I, everything was hitting me. Everything was hitting me. The chance. Yeah, I could tell. The people walking. I was speechless. I, I really didn't say anything for a good, I don't know, it, it might have been. Closer to 30 minutes. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't speak. People were chanting. I, I didn't speak. I, I just, I was just taking it all in. I was, I was looking at everyone around. And I'm not going to lie to you. There was, on that bridge down, there was a lot of white people a lot more white people than I saw uh, of black people. And honestly, that was, that was heartwarming to me because I know like at the time that we went, that there was already go- protests going on throughout the day for a good two hours. So I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, where are, the, where are all the black people? I wasn't saying that. I, I, was, I was looking at it positively as there are so many white people right now that, Get it. Yeah, I get it. They also have that anger. They have that not understanding, because obviously they're not fully walking in our shoes, but they see us, they hear us, and all that. And we walked, and we walked for, it might have been two miles. Walked to Lincoln Memorial, then walked to now Black Lives Matter Plaza. And when we got there, it was a sea. It was like a sea of just solidarity. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. It was. It was even more heartwarming to see so many people out. And again, people are angry. People are passionate. But it was more of a celebration of solidarity than the aggression and. How they perceive it on the news and how they push it is this like out of control, like rioting and all that type of shit. But it's not that. We got DJs, two DJs on opposite ends of the, <laughs> the blocks, just blasting music, speaking, talking, people dancing, people protesting, people chanting, people just 
all around supporting this cause and being together from all different races. Being proud. And I know it is so hard to be positive at times during this, during these times, but everyone there was just happy to be a part of the fight. And it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot to take in. Mm -hmm. First time I've ever been part of a protest. Not the first time I've ever been in like a full group setting where people are fighting for the same thing. I mean, I, I went to college and we were in a fucking riot that we got tear gas and all that type of shit for dumb, dumb, dumb stuff. Beating Taylor or some shit, yeah. Yeah, like tearing down Morgantown. But this was just peaceful, joining together, just great. It, it was yeah. great. It was all love, bro. I think that's yeah. what's important to, that people take note of. There's no aggression. There's no, like, there might be aggression for the opposition, and arguably so, like, rightfully deserved. Yeah. But it's just, it's people wanting to be heard, and they finally feel heard, or, you know, they're they're enjoying this type of unity that yeah. arguably feels like it doesn't exist any other time unless we're all together. And it's crazy that we're we're having this conversation in 2020. It's like, dog, we should all be fighting for equality. Like this, this shit should have been given. Yeah. But you know, here we are, still popping and locking, trying to make it work. Yeah, I mean, it's it is long overdue, and like obviously, it breaks your heart every time something happens like this in the realm of police brutality that pushes a movement. Obviously, Eric Garner back, however many years for the I can't breathe the Mike Brown situation, the Trayvon Martin situation. And I honestly think people are, they've reached that point Oscar where... Grant. I mean, you, the list goes yeah, fucking the, on and on. We could go we could go all goddamn night, which is sad. Terrible. It is. And, like, in my head, when I, when I think back, and the main thing is, is, like, why haven't we reached this point beforehand? But now I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I'm glad we've reached this point where just enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that we as black people are not the only ones that are thinking enough is enough. Everyone else around us is like, nah, we ain't doing this. We ain't letting this continue. Yeah. It took you to see this, this video for you to get to that point. Okay, I understand. But I think majority of the country is very much, this needs to end. This needs to stop. Things need to fucking change. Yeah. And for me, being on kind of kind of in both sides of it. I mean, I, I've I even have some type of privilege as like a light skinned black man. For sure. I've having grown up in certain neighborhoods that are more more affected by police and the police structure. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've lived my whole life with police brutality. You're seeing these type of things, but I'm don't get it twisted. I've definitely been racially profiled. I've definitely had my run-ins with the police that didn't need to be. They were never warranted. Yeah. And not only with police, but just overall. And I think almost every black person can attest to it. 
is just having run-ins with people that may be ignorant or not know what they're doing or fully know what they're doing and yeah. they're pushing it. But that's just that prejudice and that small and huge oppression that affects every, almost every black person, every person of color. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a, it's a lot to overcome. Oppression, racism is ingrained into American society. Yeah. It's, I mean, first 1776. <laughs> yeah. And before that, but since its inception, since this country's inception, it's been popping and locking. It's going crazy out here. Yeah. And I, but I think finally now we've, we've come to terms. It's like, all right, man, this has been a long overdue issue. And this is, you know, just even, it's amazing that black folk only just want equality and not vengeance for a system that's been fucking them for so long. All we're asking for is, can we make it equal? Yeah, can we get it? Can we get a seat at the table? Yeah, and then, I mean, we can go back history wise, and we've asked this question multiple times, and they've tried and they've attempted to give us little bits and pieces yeah. throughout. Oh yeah, 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 we'll give you the seat at the table, but it won't, it won't be our table. Yeah, it'll be this other table that's designated for you, but but it's equal, right? It's the same table. You, you can be in a, you can have your your business, and you can have your your transportation, you can have jobs, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be with us. But it's equal, right? It's just been an ongoing thing of that separation. And we've been like, nah, 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 that's not equal. Can can we actually make it equal? All right, all right. We understand it's not equal. All right, we get you. Um so we'll do this. We'll give you this. It's always putting a band-aid on the main issue. When it's really just, hey, can we change things so we're not the oppressed ones? So we are not the ones that are being primarily affected by law enforcement. Like, I, I get how it was shaped to begin with. But can we, like, change things? And for so long, they're like, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. And I think this is the time where people coming together fully are like, yo, it's time to change how law enforcement is. It's time to take away a little bit of that power, most of that power, because there's no fucking reason for them to have as much power as they do. Mm-hmm. And if they do, we need to pe- more education and more training into place, but there's no reason they should have this type of power. I find it funny that what we feel is like common ground where it's like, yo, we want cops to be better trained. And everyone's like, no. <laughs> do you understand how fucking crazy that sounds? I've seen all types of shit, bro. I'm pretty sure clowns go through harder fucking training than NYPD or, like, most police departments. Yeah, it's it just... It's crazy to me. But for you, obviously, going through the protest, and what are your views overall, Ski, about so far, how has the protest impacted things? Well, I think I think it kind of revitalized me. You know, for the mm-hmm. week, all we've had to do is sit inside and stew on what the fuck is going on with Breonna Taylor, Sandra Bland from back in the day. You know, these are, you know, they've, I've now seen petitions to reopen a ton of cases about black people getting killed. Yeah. This is great. This is exactly what the fuck needs to go down. So, and of course, obviously, George Floyd, may he rest in peace. I think it's good that we now are all somehow unified in a sense. Like when the protest went down, we were all together. You could tell everyone was there to be a part of the movement. Yeah. It was time that this shit went down. It was time for equality to be met. So, 
and you know, it's a little bit different for me as a white guy than it is for you, a black man. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really here because one, I want to support the movement and I want equality for everybody because that's a fucking national right, right? So so yeah. they claim. But two, we like we need to help black folk, just period. Yeah. This this shouldn't be up for debate. Yeah, it's always interesting to me when we talk about things like this or we get into conversations with other people. Um, and not just me. Like, when I say we, I'm talking about the community, the mm-hmm. nation. Like, yeah. talking about, hey, like, we need equal rights. Or, hey, this is wrong. Or, hey, did you this video, this video? And yeah. everyone is just, whoa, whoa, yeah. but. Like, yeah, everyone. but. The yeah, butters right now got to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Everyone wants to have an opinion. I, and honestly... I think the reason we got to the point where we have such a stronger movement now is because the yeah some of the some of the yeah butters were like I don't have a butt for this. Yeah. It's fucking wrong. For so long other people oh well he reached for the gun. Oh well he was defying. Oh well he was do-. you can't yeah but a 9 minute choking well well people are yelling him please get off of him you know he can't breathe he's not moving you're and the cops do don't do anything it's on tape they're sitting there doing absolutely nothing what is the but what is the argument i thought i thought this would happen earlier i mean hey what is the but from a cop walking into someone else's house and shooting them fucking bullshit Uh, i thought it was my house what if I walk into a fucking house, I'm not drawing. I don't care what anyone says. Oh, intruder, blah, blah, blah. But like. It's not your crib. <laughs> how many times have you walked into someone's place and thought it was yours? Not and once. And drew your gun? Not fucking once. <laughs> I, even if, or even we're like ready to fight or ready to hit someone or anything like that. Like. Mm-hmm. If you're a police officer, you should be able to assess situations in quick reaction times. I shouldn't have to go to my glove compartment to open up, to pull out a permit or registration. You think I'm pulling out a gun and you shoot me. Oh, I thought, like, yes, I, I get the, tr- the training, yes, is needed. But that is also part of the fear of black people. You're, you're, you're assigning this type of stereotype of, oh, they're out to hurt me. Yeah. If you have white people on the steps in front of police officers with AKs on their back and you don't feel uncomfortable, tell them. You're not doing anything. Tell and that em. means absolutely nothing to you where you can make it, oh, well, we'll let them get their shit off. Tell them. Because they don't want to wear a mask. A fucking AK on your back to not wear a mask, but... You want to start shooting people in the head and tear gassing them because they are protesting and have signs? They say mean things to you. Oh, yo, fuck 12. All right, I'm going to tear gas you. All right, I'm going to shoot a rubber bullet in your head. How do you get to that point? We're not... Co- I would Because them cats are cousins, bro. They fucking bang the same gang. I, I don't... I you, don't understand. How many videos you seen now of the Proud Boys? Fuck Nazis. Saying or having cops come up to them and be like, hey, yo, we want you to go leave this area because we about to start shooting and looting. The fuck is that, B? If it's on, if it's recorded somewhere, you got to know someone else has seen it that's in a place of power. 
Yeah. You can't claim ignorance right now. Like, that's, that's another thing. Nobody can claim ignorance to this movement. Nobody can be like, I have no idea. You fucking knew. Everyone has to know. It's been shown. Yeah. Force-fed to us, unfortunately. You think I want to watch all these pe- fucking people get killed? Who does? Who fucking does? Yeah, but you're right. It's been force-fed because so far, it has been so easy to kind of disregard it. Mm-hmm. It's been so easy to look past it. If that shit makes you uncomfortable, you can easily just be like, ah, you know, I don't want to look at that. Maybe you don't want to look at it, but you can't, you can't front and be like, yo, I had no idea this shit was going down. Exactly. It's been going down for, I mean, you could probably say centuries, but easily decades. And but- this shit, and we're, we are a part of a movement right now that, like I said before, is making people uncomfortable. I'm getting, I'm getting calls, I'm getting text messages about, one, people saying they're, they're with me, their support, um, which is great. I appreciate that. But then also the conversations of, hey, like, what can I do? Who should I listen to? Who should I look for? Who should I, how should I go about making change or supporting you overall? Mm-hmm. Which is also appreciated. It's, it's opening that dialogue. And it's showing, hey, I want to do something. And I completely get that. But I know there's a ton of people that are reaching out that are just leaving it at, oh, I support you. Absolve my guilt, please. Yeah. Please, like, black friend. You're feeling a little guilty and you're just like, ah, I want to I want to text my black friends. Oh, I hit up all my black friends. All three I'm of good. them. Yeah, all three <laughs> of them. Yo, I want to I hit them up real quick and, and see real quick what they, how they're feeling. You doing right? All right. Yo, I'm here for you. All right. Back to normal shit. Now I'm not uncomfortable. Yeah. I did my part. Kiss my ass. I'm out. Yeah. I think... No cop-outs right now. We can't afford that. Yeah. Don't jeopardize the movement for that shit. Yeah. That... Though it is appreciated to know that you're an ally... Understand if you're a white friend of mine or even any any race of a friend of mine, like, and you're thinking, oh, I need to reach out to my black friend. It is appreciated, but understand if that's all you're doing, it's going to be fully realized. Like, I'm we're going to know that that's all you're doing. Yeah. Don't reach out to your black friends to allow yourself to remain silent again. Put some money on the books if you really about it. Do what... There's so many different things that you can do to support it. And if you don't want to sign a petition, you don't want to donate, you don't... Any of that. What you can do is continue to have conversations with people. What you can do is go out and say, hey... I know you think this way, but I'm going to check you real quick. Did you say all lives matter? Or you're saying the, the rioters and you don't believe in the protest because the rioters are looting or you believe in kneeling, all that shit. Hey, let me have this dialogue with you. White person to white person, other race to other race. Let me tell you why this thing is going on, why this is important. If you're doing, if you're literally doing that, that is so supportive. That is so huge to the movement because that's, that's a part of it. It's going to be obviously laws, regulations, but it's also changing the mindset that is, that is ingrained into the nation, that is ingrained into our society. And you're doing that part, whether it's organizations, businesses, family, friends, that's, that is where things need to go. Just don't 
sit back and allow your text to a black friend to enable your silence. That's right, moving bitch. forward. Tell them. Overall, I think, again, the protests are progressing a lot of things. When I see where we at, where we were at beforehand, when it came down to why we were protesting, why we were up in arms, mm. we wanted the people charged. They came out with some bullshit about third degree murder for one officer. We burned down a fucking target. We started bashing some fucking windows. We started protesting. In 50 states, never been done before. All across. And now they're taking it to Germany, England. Yeah, all around the world. Sydney. Okay, okay. We'll charge them all. Okay, we'll up up it a second degree. Okay, we'll reopen Brown Taylor. Yeah, say. All these petitions, yo, keep signing them shits. I think we ain't done yet. This is only week one. Week one, yeah. And they st- we're still going strong, bro. Reopen more cases. Sentence those men. Yeah. There's a thing about the police pushing over that old man, lying about it. You know what video we're talking about. Video came out. Two of them got suspended. 57 of them decided, fuck that, we're resigning. Fuck y'all. Who cares? Resign. Yeah, like it's more peaceful in the street now. It has been so obvious, and it's not even just the main protest for getting these people charged. I'm t- overall protesting other people outside, even on social media. When people are protesting these organizations, like we talked about, schools. I'm seeing a lot of protest against private schools or just schools in general, or football teams or anything like that, coming up and saying oh, y'all want to speak out now, or y'all ain't speaking out about this. Let me tell you a story about the time that I encountered racism. Yeah. And now it's putting pressure on them. Oh, I got to say something. Yeah. Quick, we need a statement. Yeah. That statement ain't going to help you, bitch. <laughs> now you see that? You saw that shit about the NFL, right? First and first, I don't watch American football. Second of all, I've been saying the NFL's whack since they did my man Cap Dirty. And everybody, yo, they're going to say, yo, he wasn't, a good, he wasn't a good QB. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. Hey, yo, fuck all that. They blackballed them, and now they. this is what they get. This is exactly, this is karma. This is whatever the fuck, universal truth coming back and slapping them right on their fucking gnomes. Yeah. They put out a statement. They put out a statement. The 49ers put out a statement, and everyone said, man, fuck out of here with that shit. You guys lying like motherfucking rugs. Fuck out of here with that. Then Roger Goodell comes on. Yo, we were wrong. <laughs> We fucked this one up. We were wrong in 2017. We were wrong please to keep, ignore. Please keep spending money on us. Yeah. So many businesses are coming out. So many organizations are coming out and being like, yo, 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 we support y'all. Now we're with y'all now. Now we are with y'all because yeah. there's a lot, there's a huge movement. There's there's way too much money on the line not to be down with y'all. Ex- yeah. So you're going to see a lot of companies like that be like, yo, we're down with the movement and we support y'all indefinitely. You know what that means? Not a goddamn motherfucking thing. That, those are words. It's all about action right now, baby. Put some money on the books. Have some people of color take over some high-powered positions. Create these high-powered positions that y'all could throw them in there. Y'all are exactly. billion-dollar, damn near trillion-dollar corporations. You mean to tell me you can't have people of color and or black folk in the cut being like, yo, you know what? I guess we could have another CFO or CEO or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Y'all are lying. 
Yo, shout out, shout out, uh, Boogie, Boogie Cousins. Yeah, you seen him? No, what did he say? So I guess he. What, what do you used to play for the Kings? Yeah. So I guess the Kings uh, announcer was kind of breaking his balls for a couple of years. He came back and was like, "Hey, yo, man, what's your stance on Black Lives Matter?" And the fucking dude took the bait and said, "Yo, all lives matter." And and the Kings fired his ass. Oh my gosh, some, I didn't see that. Some reporter or something. What a fucking cuck. Yeah, look at you, bro. That's <laughs> that. This is what your dumbass get, yo. That's what you get. I mean, and the list goes on and on now, bro. I feel like we could check Twitter tonight, and we're gonna have five new people who dropped the fucking ball. Yo, yeah. let me, let me. You know, I've been saying this all day, so I'm just gonna keep saying it. What? Celebrities, athletes, companies. You guys got the easiest job right now, and you guys are still fucking it up. And it's amazing to see y'all got two jobs or two two part, you know, slam dunk for you. One, hey, yo, Black Lives Matter. Two, yeah, we're putting money on the books for y'all. Exactly. That's it. Bang. Done. You finished. And you know what they do? Uh, All Lives Matter. They choke it on the first. They yeah. fucking blow the. They blow a knee right at the fucking finish line. That's my issue. So that's my biggest issue with uh, Drew Brees. Oh, speak on it. Huge, huge fucking issue with him because, all right. By the time this podcast comes out, obviously you're going to re- know that oh he he reached out to Trump, but let's like put everything into context. The kneeling happened years ago, almost four years at this point. Yeah, I mean, what, what 2017 was was the height of it. 2016 maybe conversations were happening. Kaepernick was doing what he was doing, but again, conversations were happening across NFL teams. We're not even talking about fans and. And across the country and president getting involved and NFL getting involved, whatever. I'm talking about in the locker room, the discussions were happening between black and white players. Between black and black players. Because again, they're still on the same page. You have people that have ties to the military, ties to the army. Mm -hmm. But there was those discussions that, hey, it's not about this. Hey, this movement was started by consulting a Green Beret. Yeah. This isn't about the troops. Initially, it's said right off the gate, but people want to push a narrative. It's convenient how a narrative gets pushed when you don't want to accept what it really is. I think it's less about a narrative, more about having a scapegoat. It's more, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a person's, yeah, but, you know what I mean? It's just like... And that's, again, that's that propaganda portion of it. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to push this. But again, the Drew B situation, he was in those discussions. This man is in Louisiana with a majority black team. Minority majority. You're in the league. You, you are a star NFL quarterback. You have been to Pro Bowls. You have been to other teams. You have all these friends from other teams that are people of color. You are in these discussions. It is now three to four years removed from that. You've again, you've had those discussions. You now go on to a Yahoo fucking finance thing. That, that was your first mistake. In the fucking <laughs> middle of this this protesting, this this social unrest, and they ask you, how do you feel about the movement? And you decide to go right back. The ignorant. Well, my stance. my my grandfather was a veteran, and 
you know, of disrespecting the flag, a symbol of. You do not think black people fought alongside y'all, alongside your does, grandfather? Does he, he Airman, come on! Like, what the fuck are you even? Well, you know, if you're disrespecting, this is not about the fucking flag. What does fuck dude? about? It's a symbol. Give, give a fuck about the people within the symbol. You know, the real shit. It's it's mind-boggling to me that certain statements that are said multiple times over. Hey, we don't agree because this is against the troops. Hey, it's not about the troops. It's about our nation, systematic oppression. We do not want to stand for systematic oppression. We will stand once this is burned to the ground, once systematic oppression is not a fucking thing. This is what it's about. Police brutality and oppression. Troops. Like, like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. This is what we are saying. Well, you know, whatever you're saying doesn't matter because if you kneel, uh, automatically it's about the troops. And automatically I'm going to feel some type of way. How many d- discussions do you need to have? And this it is don't my matter. thing. It don't matter. It don't, I don't matter. I don't care what Drew Brees says after the fact. He fucked up. It's way different if Drew Brees says this shit in the heat of the moment. Not heat of the moment, but at the height of the moment. Yeah. When this shit was initially going down. Because again, that gives you a little leeway with that ignorance. That gives you the stance to be, oh, well, the troops. Okay, well, hey, you know what? There's still a little bit of uh, confusion. This is what it's about. You've had three to four years to know what it's about. Either you learned or you didn't give a fuck and you're going to double, triple, quadruple down on the stance about the troops and you're going to go with that. And that's what the fuck he did. That statement was not a off-the-cuff statement. That was him quadruple downing on a fucking statement around, hey, this is about the flag. PR teams are having a ball right now. (laughs) They're probably like, this is the hardest part of my life. <laughs> yeah. I signed up, I signed up for a bunch of fuckery. And he had the whole sports world turn on him. And then he decided, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I gotta stand with y'all. I got now I know. Yeah. How the fu- what the fuck? <laughs> How the hell does it take you this long to realize this? Now you hear us? Yeah. I hear you because I'm gonna lose everything. If I don't listen to y'all. They got, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they got people telling me to retire and do, and they hate my guts and my own teammates are uh, pissed off at me. So now I'm sorry. Yeah. Now I should do something. But Bowl- Everybody took that. Like, when I was on Twitter, they fucking had, nah, Drew, trending. Like, nah, fuck that, Drew. Fuck that apology. So then he doubled down on the apology. President Trump. You need to understand that the flag is... And you know what? That is appreciated. Mm-hmm. That is appreciated because obviously Trump is saying, oh, don't condemn Drew Brees. And Drew Brees is like, nah, nah, condemn me because yeah. I was wrong. I, I took a fat L. Yeah. I appreciate that. But yo, we ain't going to forget that you triple quadruple down on the fact that it's about the flag. I mean, there's so there's so much shit going on. Like, even the stem off of Drew Brees, Laura Ingram was like, you, you know Laura Ingram, Fox uh, Fox News host? Mm-hmm. You know, she was talking all that spiciness about LeBron. Ayo, shut up and dribble. You're not allowed to have opinions because you are a black athlete. Drew Brees pretty much popped off, and they're like, come on, guys. He's allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, flip, there's a lot of flip-flopping out here, bro. You're going to see it. I agree with his stance so he can have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of that shit, you know? And I know there's a lot of white people out there thinking— Man, 
they're doing Drew Brees wrong. He's speaking the truth. They're beating him up. Nah, they're not. Like, you got to understand where it's at. You got to understand where that you are on the wrong side. Where, you know, where did Joe Bun read the room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Read the motherfucking room right now. It's, it's just amazing to me. And honestly, it is... Um, and this shit is, is sad because, again, like I said at the top of the podcast, I've been on both sides. We've been racially profiled. We've been treated this way. But I've also been on the side where I'm that token black kid. Where I am looked at as, oh, you know, he's one of the good ones. Good ones. Yeah. He's one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kid? Oh, yeah, he's smart. He's got a good job. Yeah, he's, he's, well, good he's, he's well-spoken. He's, he's intelligent. But again, that comes from me... My mom putting me in private school, putting me in public school, then putting me back into private school. The issue with a lot of this confusion, this uncomfortableness, these people that don't identify with the movement and don't see, what is this? What are y'all complaining about? It's because they live in a bubble. And within that bubble are people that are like them, the people that share that mindset. And when other people that maybe are not exactly like them, infiltrate that bubble. Hence, the black kid that is now in your private school that your kids like, have over, to sleep over, joke around with, but is not part or doesn't share the same rich family that you do or anything like that, but is in now in your bubble, has now penetrated that bubble. And you know... He's not like we expected him to be. He's not how every other black person is portrayed. He's actually pretty well-mannered. Like you said, well-spoken. He's not problematic. He's sweet. He's one of the good ones. Do you really want to talk about this, bro? Yeah. I feel like... I do because I feel like this is we're making it hot real quick. No, no, no. I do want to talk about it because I'm one of the people again that penetrate the bubble. So within it's my duty to change mindsets. Mm-hmm. It's my duty to not show them that yo, I'm one of the good ones, but more so say, Hey, these are my experiences. Let me open your eyes. Let me at least extend your bubble. Let me at least extend your experiences and the things, your knowledge and knowledge share to show, hey, this shit goes on that you don't fucking know about outside of that bubble. But I'll take a step back and kind of share a story for my own experience for the relationship I had with a white girlfriend. So when I was in high school, I was her first boyfriend. Not only was I her first boyfriend, but I was the first boyfriend in the family that was black in an Italian family. Mm. Initially, I did not know that that was an issue. I knew about stuff that, hey, you know, I'm black, so white people might feel a certain way about me or whatever. But when I was first dating her, I didn't think this is going to be an issue. The longer I dated her, 
we, I mean, I started to realize, oh, you know what? It's weird that I still have not met her parents or anything. I mean, we're like three months into this. Like, we've been dating for a while. We're seeing each other a lot. Like, why? She still hasn't told her parents about me? That's interesting to me. She hasn't told her parents that we're dating or that we're together. Like, it wasn't just, oh, we're going on dates. It was like, hey, boyfriend, girlfriend. Like, we've already stated that, whatever. Again, this is in high school. And she tells me, well, you know, they feel a way about me dating a black guy. First time ever that I had that feeling. That I've ever, oh, so we got it. That's why we're keeping it secret. That's why we're keeping it this way. And it continued. But I kept fighting. I was like, oh, well, have the discussion. I kept pushing her to have the discussion. There was one phrase, not phrase, but one occasion where she told me that her mom had actually said they were having a discussion about her being a lesbian, right? And she used that discussion to say, well, what if, what if I had like a, a black boyfriend? To kind of lead in, segue into, hey, like I have a guy that I really like and he's black. And her mom said, I'd rather you be a lesbian. Oh, what the fuck? No, no, nothing's wrong. Nothing wrong with being lesbian, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But she was like, "I'd rather." And and the thing is, they viewed it as fucked up. Like they were like, "Hey, the lesser of two evils in their mind was uh, being gay rather than you date a black man." Now, you can take that two ways. Is it? Because they're racist, because they are against it, or because, hey, the grandparents are, and it's going to be hard to explain that to them. It's going to be tough to have that conversation. We'd rather not go down that road. So you're, let me cut you off. So you're saying, like, pass the racist buck, if you will. Basically. Yeah. Because you you can say, like, hey, we're not racist, but the grandparents are, and we don't want to have that discussion at all. We don't even want to go down that because, you know, there's, they're so far removed from it already. Like, we don't even want to go down that road. And it's like, nah, you should, though. Because your daughter should be able to love whoever she wants or like whoever she wants or be with whoever she wants. It shouldn't be like, oh, you know, you got to fit in inside this uh, grouping for us to accept it. So, yeah, that was, that was like some of the beginning stuff. I, I remember hearing that and like tearing up. I'm sorry. I didn't bro. say anything. I was like, oh, damn, that sucks. Like, I, I texted her that and whatever, but. No, nah, but like, you know, as a young teen, I'm sorry you had to go through that, bro. That's some bullshit. I was, it was heartbreaking because I'm, I'm not kid you not in that very moment. And again, to add context, I ended up dating this woman for seven years. But in that moment, in the early stages of it, three months in, I thought, I don't know how I'm going to get over this. They're never going to accept me. That's what I thought in my head. True. Fuck. We continued three more months. I just accepted that. I was like, you know what? This might end at any given point, but I'm just going to ride out because I love this woman. Like at that moment, I loved her and I wanted to continue. I didn't care if it, if for whatever reason her family found out. I was like, no, leave him. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to make the best of it. And we got to a six-month period and still nothing 
was talked about and I've reached my tipping point. And I was like, nah, you got to tell them. That's it. Tell them. Tell them the truth. And she did and it was tough. It's a hard conversation. She was crying. I was crying all that. And she finally told them and they were hesitant and they were just like, all right, whatever. But but don't you, isn't this fucked up? Like this is, it is. this is what, five years ago at best, maybe a couple more. You might, like how fucking wild that is, bro. Why? Like, why? Why is it such an issue that this man got some melanin? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, I just, I, yeah. like, this is the shit. Like, is it because what the media gives you? They're saying that these that one hundred percent of crime comes from black folk when they're like twenty percent of the population. Is it the racism that you're fucking not you, but you know what I mean? Like somebody's parents had they're like, don't trust no black folk ever. And I think that was more of it. They were scared of. The elder family member, which also comes from propaganda and media yeah. bullshit from, and that know, was their fear ago. of it, and which I think a lot of people right now are combating. But their fear of it was, ah, fuck, you know, I, I don't even want to have that discussion. So I, I'm just not going to even go down that road. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, they're a little bit like you know how many people I've been around where it's like. You know, my grandparent is a little racist. My parent is a little racist. That's just them, though. It's whatever. I'm not like that, though. Yeah. And people didn't want to have that discussion. But that's what it was. I dated her. Initially, there was that hesitation. Now, for me, I do well with parents. I don't ever... I have many, many white friends. I've been in a position where I've had to be... Show that I'm a good person. Go above and beyond than someone else might have to. Mm-hmm. So that was never an issue. They grew to like me. I did a lot. Like I was, I tried to be over a lot. I tried to take her on day, dates. I was respectful and all that. And I remember there was one moment that everyone knew about, the family knew about it, and it was still early in the relationship. And I remember I was with her at like Chipotle or something. And we were just running errands. Um, and she gets a call from her dad that is basically saying, yo, DC is a drug dealer. The and fuck? I sat there and I was like, what? And he was livid. I'm coming to pick you up. I'm coming to pick you up right now. You can't be with this man. I, I, I hear that he's a drug dealer. I hear that he's dealing drugs in the school. And she bursts into tears. She's crying on the phone. She's saying, that's not him. She's like, no, I'm coming to get you right now. Or get home right now. So she had to go drop me off. But she was like, yeah, uh, come, come, come home right now. And she's in tears, bawling out. And she's saying, like, he said, you're a drug dealer. And, like, I can't be with you. And she dropped me off. I tried to console her. I said, it's fine. Like, you know me. Like, this is obviously not true and I went home and that was continued to text her and she told me what was going on she's like yeah he was told by a parent that this is how it was and that's how he found out and I thought in my head I was like you know what I'll just sit down and talk with him man to man and just say like this is this is why I would never do that on top of I'm not that yeah and that was my whole plan. After a couple days he of 
her like telling him that's not true, he kind of just gave in and was like, all right, what? Okay, you can see him again. Which I always thought was odd. Like, I didn't need to say anything. But who didn't sell a couple ounces of smack as (laughs) (laughs) I'm bullshitting? But I always thought that was odd. Fast forward a couple years later, I remember there was a time where we were driving down her street. And her street is like a windy street, but you come, many cars come down it pretty quickly. Okay. And I remember her dad had said something to her. Like, hey, uh, don't drive down the street. Don't drive down this windy street quickly around the bed because other people are complaining. They go, oh, people are driving too fast. And For some reason, I can't remember what it was, but they had confronted him about that. About that. Like, oh, you, who said that? What neighbor said that? When did they say that? Why did they say that? How would they know? They were asking all these questions and the dad couldn't answer. And their theory about it was he made that shit up. Probably. He made that up because he wanted us to slow down and be safe. Yeah. So he's like, oh, the neighbor said this. When they told me that, that made me start to think. Put two into, ah, I got you. That made me start to think about, okay, they didn't want me dating her. One, they were uncomfortable about it. They would rather her do all this other stuff. Now they had to come to terms with it. They did not want to do that. How do we get them to do? Well, I heard something. Now you can't do it. Oh, now she's fighting for it. All right, whatever. Do what you want. It's like MJ in the last doc. Yeah. He can never tell what parent did it. Like I kept. That's what my main question was. Like, oh, what parent told him that? And then I thought about once I knew this information about the car shit, I was like, what parent is coming up to someone like, hey, who's your daughter dating? Or what if him, he go, yo, my daughter's dating this guy, this high school, this kid in, in school. Oh, who is it? This, oh, you know, I heard he was. How is that conversation coming to a head? And I'm sitting there and just thinking like, this dude really made this up. He made that up to kind of block out the relationship. It didn't work. And he gave up. And he's like, ah, whatever do you want. Now, if you had a kid you have a niece or anything like that, and you actually hear this dude's a drug dealer, are you just going to go, ah, whatever, once she fights for it? Nah. No. <laughs> You're going to double down? No. Yeah. Prove it to me that he's not because now I'm worried this is my daughter. I don't want her dating a fucking drug dealer. If you legitimately thought that. Well, now... Drug dealers be taking them out. They'll be having a good time. No. Yeah. <laughs> but if you thought... I'm going to make a little lie up. Oh, shit. Shit's getting hot now. I'm yeah. back out. That's like the shorty who got Emmett Till, you know? It's the same thing. She made up a lie, got him killed, and she took I, it to her grave. I never mentioned this to her. I never mentioned, oh, I, I cracked it or anything like but that. But you know she's a listener, so if yeah. she go hear about it now, but that was dad, a, I said hi. That was one of the times where I was like, damn, these people... Didn't even get to know me and were trying to just label me negatively. Mm-hmm. Not that they f- 
feared what I was capable of, but they hated having the discussion so bad that they would rather make their daughter cry and push a narrative that wasn't true. Besmirch your reputation. Yeah. And it was despicable to me. And again, I never mentioned it. It's a good vocabulary. <laughs> and that was one of the... That whole relationship was very telling to me because it was, one, I had to be that initial black person in the family mm-hmm. to kind of push the needle a little bit in their way of thinking. And I believe I did. I believe I got to the point, not just, hey, he's one of the good ones, but for them to view things differently. For them to go, okay, like, hey, we can have these discussions with our grandparents. Hey, now other cousins can, friends, black people come over and and do whatever. Like, And maybe it was, oh, you can have friends, but you can't have a potential relationship, family, and all that. But I push, again, I push that needle being that first that could do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So again, when I when I do that type of stuff, yeah, I mean, I feel a little feel a little bit better about myself. But then when it comes down to now, I'm dealing with my close friend and his family, and the family saying, "Yo, all lives matter." The parents saying, "Oh, you know, all lives matter." True. Now I feel a type of way. Gotta choke him out. No, I'm just <laughs> playing. You can't do all that to prove. You know, this is crazy. You know, an, like I said, the easiest thing is it's just melanin, bro. I don't understand what the big difference is. They act like. You're a fucking alien. That's bullshit. Like, private school taught me so fucking much. Do you know how many times I've been accused of stealing shit in private school just because I was black? Probably a certain amount. People robbed. Not robbed. Man, robbed. Broke into my football locker and stole cleats, jerseys, helmets. And I kid you not, by the end of the football season, the people came up to me and said, Hey, uh, could you give those back? And I said, I told you people stole this. I was playing a game in fucking Jordans on turf. I wasn't playing in cleats. I was playing in fucking Jordans Mm. because people stole my cleats. And they go, okay, we know you stole it. We know you're stealing. We know you're keeping it. They didn't believe my story. I'm like, why? I had to get a new helmet. Like, I'm not trying to steal shit. And they just assumed it. What the fuck are you going to do with a helmet anyway? And this happened at Burke's Catholic. So fuck y'all. That happened at Burke's Catholic. Tell them. And countless other racist shit that happened at Burke's Catholic. But also within public school or private school. Even before that, going to St. Ignatius. Dude, there was a kid that called me nigger. Multiple times for about two weeks, he would get on the bus and say nigger and joke and laugh with his friend. Little freckled fuck. I remember this kid, man. I won't say his name, but he would say it every say day. Say it. <laughs> so I don't give a fuck. One day, because we had, you know. Why are you, why are you protecting this man? Kid, he can kiss my fucking ass, er- you know? er- 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 I remember that motherfucker. I remember we were at recess. We still had, and we were in like in, I believe I was in eighth grade at this time. He was in seventh grade. And they gave us like five minute recess. Five minutes to get outside and play basketball. We fucking played pickup games in five yeah. minutes, dude. We were rushing out there. I remember that shit. There was one time we were playing football. And I remember this kid coming up. Like we were doing like two hand touch, but now we were getting like aggressive two hand touch. This kid pushed or whatever. 
and he came up to me. I caught a ball. He pushed me, and I go, and he utters it again. He's like, "Nigger," like he he's like thinking it's funny for his fucking friends. Mm-hmm. And I push him, and this dude slaps me. So I just punch the shit out of him. <laughs> I, I drop go. the kid, and I start just wailing on him. People are pulling me off. People are doing all this shit. And we get in trouble, right? I get pulled in to the office with the principal. And he's like, why did you beat on this kid? Why did you do this? And I was like, yo, he called me nigger. And he looked at the kid because the kid was in the, the office with us. And he goes, you didn't tell me you said that. Kid starts crying. Oh, he plays a victim. He's going, I he admitted to saying it. I got in trouble with him. Same punishment. They're like, oh, we're, we're, we're not going to let you go out for the five-minute recess. Both of you. You guys got to sit inside and, and, and just chill. That's your punishment. What the fuck? What? Not, not only did he call me nigger for two weeks, he then hit me, and I hit him back, and we have the same punishment. There was no apology. There was nothing else. That was it. Sit inside. All right. Whatever. The only thing I got out of that is that kid feared me. Because he thought, oh, he's going to beat my ass. Every fucking day he sees me. He's going to want to beat my ass. He want to kill my ass. That was it. The principal did nothing else. Didn't call my mom. Didn't say anything. Didn't, hey, this is what happened. You just, yeah, just, just sit inside for five minutes. You can't go out for recess for this day. What? Nothing else for this guy. Nope. You guys both fought. Okay. It's just something you, you just sit back and you go, all right, cool. That's how things go around here? Cool. All right. So many times that has happened in private school where they say something and you just got to go, all right, cool. All right. I didn't do that. Well, we have everyone saying you did do that. Well, I didn't do that. Okay, we really only have one person saying you did that. Okay, but I didn't do that. All right, just, just come to detention. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just make everyone comfortable. But this is also how the fucking police work. This is the same shit. This is how sentencing and punishing goes. You know, you, you, this is your first offense. Uh, you got a uh, quarter ounce of bud. That's looking like a 15-year sentence. Which... Honestly, like I said, we said fuck the outlet, so or we said fuck the outline that we had coming with us. But I think it's better if it comes from the heart. So I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And if I mean, let's no, and, let's and, talk and, about and the it, police structure. And let's if y'all talk don't, about that, if y'all don't like it, kiss my black ass. We're at we're <laughs> at an hour and ten minutes right now. Uh, police structure. It has always been set. It is um comes from officers being overseers back when the slave days were popping and locking. They would have overseers to be on the field checking on the slaves. It then pretty much came to be officers. They had the same badge. No, no, no. Don't, don't skip over things. Overseers are the slaves. And then they were delegated to, yo, the slaves oh, ran away. Well, some overseer, yes. Yeah, we over- bring them back. Yep. Then it was, okay, let's enact after the civil rights. It was, we came back. All right, now there's black codes. Hey, you got to have a job to do certain things. Oh, you you know, you can be a politician. You can do They gave it. Oh, but you know what? If you don't have a job, you know, you could get arrested. 
oh, you don't have a job, or we'll give you labor for free. Slavery. <laughs> that's mm. that's how it went. Yeah. Then they're like, ah, you know what? Um, we can't do this. Uh, let's try to make things. Every everybody wants things to be equal. Mm. Okay, cool. So we'll make things equal, but you can't be in the same room as us. That's equal, right? But but separate. Equal but separate. Plessy versus Ferguson. Yeah. All right. Equal but separate. Now law enforcement is enforcing the Jim Crow laws, enforcing segregation. Oh, you don't have a job. Okay, you can't vote. You're not getting you're not getting certain privileges. Oh, you're you're white and poor and don't have a job, but you had a previous family member was able to vote. Oh, you can be grandfathered yeah. in Run and you up. can vote. So now the segregation is leading to black people can't vote. They're put in jail. If you're put in jail, you can't vote. So they're just setting up different things for them not to be able to vote. So now they can't vote for their interests. So they're constantly being oppressed. Yes. That's what law enforcement was. Yeah. And I Don't like, get it twisted. I'd also like to add that I always feel this needs to be said on my perspective. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is classism, which then divvies into racism. I feel like classism is the bigger threat, but it ties into race because normally minorities are the poorest. They don't have generational wealth like uh, whites do. Yeah, because of the head start. Yes. I say 400 years head start. Yeah. And they're still fucking up. Um, but, the, you know, think about it like this. These people were as equally poor... Like, white, poor whites were still as equally as poor as blacks, freed slaves. But they said, yo, you are better than them because you have, because your grandparents had land or had, you know, a yeah. job. They automatically assumed, or they, they gave them that type of, you know, levility and was like, yo, you're, you're better than them because of this. And this is, this is where classism started. Exactly. Which now bleeds into racism because it's like, these guys are poor because they're black. So when people sit around and go, what are you talking about? Well, white people are, are affected and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, do you understand how this was originated? Yeah. Do you understand where this comes from? And they still follow the same suit. Yeah. Which is why when you get pulled over as a white man, do you fear that your life may be taken? Do you fear that you're going to be handled unjustly for a speeding ticket. Likely not. Probably not. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, every time I get pulled over, I'm fearing for my life. I'm not. But there's been a couple times I have. And it was primarily because I was in a car full of black people. The whole car was black people. Anytime I've been in a car with white people, I've never felt, ah, you know what, shit's going to go south. Even if I was driving. Because like, yo, they're going to look in the car and they're going to see white people. I'm going to say you're a chauffeur. I've been pulled over three times. White people are always in in the car. The fourth time I was pulled over, I was with my two cousins. That was the only time that I was frisked. That was the only time I had to step out of the car. That was the only time the car was searched. That was the only time that it was assumed and I was interrogated about possibly having marijuana in the car and marijuana on me. Mm. I had a cop stand in the window accusing me of getting high and accusing me that I had nugs in my fucking pocket when it was a thing of chapstick. He said, pull that out. I need to know what that is. It looks like a nug. That wasn't enough for him. He's like, oh, shit, that is chapstick. Well, I'm going to call backup. 
This car smells like weed. This is one in the morning. We're two minutes away from my cousin's house. They followed us the entire way of the highway. They stop us. They call back up. Hey, does it smell like weed? Kinda. All right, get out of the car. We're going to check the car. We're also going to frisk you. We sat on the sidewalk. He checked the car for 10 minutes. Came back. All right, there's nothing in the car. Yeah, no shit, you fucker. What the fuck? We told you that. Not to mention this man interrogated me for a good five minutes about where I was moving. Like it was, he looked at my license and said, oh, you're from Pennsylvania. I said, and I shared information. I said, oh yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania, but I'm actually moving to Virginia soon. This man interrogated me for five minutes about, are you from Virginia or Pennsylvania? I just said, I'm, I'm moving to Virginia. Yes, I'm from Pennsylvania. That's what my license that I just gave you. Okay, waited a second. So are you from New Jersey? What? The fuck are you saying to me? This man was just trying to get me it, caught in a lie. Trying to, you know, what's that old line in Menace Society? You know you fucked up, right? Yeah. You know you fucked up. And I'm just sitting there like, what? Again, got us out. Two of my cousins. Dark cousins. Dark-skinned cousins. They told me on the sidewalk, this shit happens to us every two weeks. We get stopped uh, every two weeks. It's the neighborhood they're in. Mm. I'm visiting for a weekend. The one weekend I'm visiting, we get stopped. Yo, this happens to us every two weeks. And that's statistically proven that, one, if it's the neighborhood, most likely it's being over-policed because cops go for statistics, right? This is the thing. They target essentially what is proven to be a bust. Yeah. Like, I think it's, you know, like they're trained. Any criminal justice major will attest to this. They're trained to go after statistics, right? Likely means they're going for black folk in poor areas because that's where bad shit usually goes down, quote-unquote. Yeah. So it's standard for them to to follow motherfuckers in a in a neighborhood like that and be like, I don't even know if it's a poor neighborhood, but you know what I mean. In a black neighborhood, they're probably in the cut being like, well, likely they're high or likely they're doing some bad shit. So seven out of ten, mm, that's this passing grade. I'm gonna try my luck. And this this is part of the issue of policing in America. Yeah, and the, and the crazy thing about that night, that guy probably had us out waiting for an hour. Not once did he say why he pulled us over. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They don't have a reason. They- yeah, so I asked. I said, what are we getting pulled over for? You know, it smells like weed. Well, you, you smelled weed in your car? You you trailed us and tailed us for however many miles because you smelled the weed coming from the car? Like, what? No, no, no. Whatever. Got it. We He checked the car. First us. We got back in the car. And he goes, eh, your taillight's out. Oh, yeah, they're making up shit. And yeah, I bet you you pop that bitch on. Click, 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 click. Nope, nothing. Your top taillight is out. What? That's why you stopped? Why couldn't you? Why do we need to get out of the fucking car for that? Oh, you know, because I had, I needed to search your car. Yeah, you know they're just making up shit. They're trying to get you. But again, to your point, where it's saying, hey, go into these neighborhoods because of the statistics of it. That, I think, is another issue where a lot of people actually don't know that the way police are delegated is not supportive of the neighborhoods that they're being put into. No, of course not. Of course not. The fuck? That you go in and say, all right, you, let's say, you know, I'm part of the LAPD. They're not getting put, people that come from Compton mm-hmm. that want to be part of the policemen are not being put back into Compton to police. Yeah. They're putting people outside 
of those areas into those areas. Which, if you take it, let's say, for example, we have our boy Kale, who lives in a suburban area. Say he lives in a suburban area in L.A. He wanted to be a cop. They now put him in Compton. <laughs> you think he's going to move freely, not without fear? Or anything? No, he's going to be on edge a little bit. Yeah. This is not what he's used to. He's used to suburban, laid-back neighborhood. Culture shock. Yeah. Now he's a little on edge. Now it's, okay, now he has to deal with black people. He's getting calls. He's now around black people that he's never been really used to. Oh, do they have a gun? Am I safe here? Are they going to rob me? Are they going to jump me? Am I going to get killed? Okay, shoot. Like, that's how it goes. Yeah. You put people in. And they're trained, police are trained to react instead of, or are trained to, yeah, react instead of act. It's like, yo, I got to be the first to the gun. I got to be the first to make sure that this shit goes bananas. Like, they need they need to be the ones to escalate it. And I mean, that, this is part of their faulty, um, I wouldn't say programming, but faulty teachings. And half the shit, yo, like, have you seen how many fucking ways they'll front on it, yo? And the tricks haven't changed, yo. They'll, you know, they'll kill somebody and be like, hey, yo, it was drug-related. Let's make a little cracker fentanyl on them like George Floyd. Yeah. on a system. Get the fuck out of here. But, you know, like, let's talk about some statistics that are fucking bananas. In 2019, police killed 1,098 people. So I don't even want to do the fucking math on how many it is that is a day or, like, every week. It's a fuck ton. Uh, this is all coming from mappingpoliceviolence.org they said that there were only 27 days in 2019 where police did not kill someone whether that's justified or not it's got to be a hard line to follow um here's a good one black people are most likely to be killed by police three times more likely to be killed by police than white people 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed compared to white people and still getting killed by that point uh, this obviously, of course, you could finesse that stat being that there are more white people in population than there are blacks, but that's still a fuck ton of black people getting killed by the police. And if you want to take race out of it, there's still a fuck ton of people dying by police. If you're white, you should also be concerned. Yeah. This, th- like, there's no two ways around this. We can't tap dance around this. Even if you want to take Black Lives Matter, even if you want to take race out of this issue, even though it's being likely towards black people, everybody's being affected. Yeah. It just so happens now, black folk are the ones catching the fucking rough end of the shot. But we should all be up in arms because the police are killing way too many fucking people. I don't understand how this isn't the this isn't the the end all be all. Like you're right, everybody's dying because the fucking cops can't do their jobs properly. They're overstepping their power. Where's yeah? Where's the humanity? Where's the humanity in all this? It should be simple, bro. Um, there's a certain amount of people dying by our fucking people who are supposed to serve us. I think maybe we should talk about it. But they're always going to find some justification. Yo, he didn't tap dance properly before the motherfucker got shot. He didn't follow every rule to a T while he had a gun, you know, pretty much in his teeth. Yeah. Like, do you know how crazy that shit sounds? Hey, yo, you got to follow every rule and be calm while the dude who is not calm got a gun in your fucking neck. Um, well, we kind of touched on white guilt, and rightfully so. That was some good stuff, yo. Shout out to all of Hushu's friends. Uh, 
trying to get that uh, that uh, absolution that abs- being absolved. Being absolved. No, it's again. I I want to make sure I reiterate that I do appreciate the people that reach out to me, and then also your black friends and all four of you. Yeah, <laughs> and say, hey, I'm your ally, and I'm here for you. But be there for someone, yeah, and put, also put your money where your mouth is. Don't reach out because this is the thing. When you reach out to your black friend and you sit back and say, I love you. I care about you. It does mean a lot. It is support. It is being an ally. But don't view the issue as I'm with you. Yeah, only you. You need to be with us. Don't look at every situation as, "Ah, you know, if Hoosh was there, I would be up in arms. Why does it need to be me? Why can't it be people that I identify with? Why does it need to be the idea of me? Only me. Because that furthers the idea of, oh, you know, that's, he's one of the good ones. So I don't want anything bad to happen to him. No, it should be, hey, he's a black man. I don't want anything to happen to black people. He might be my liaison into the black <laughs> community, which is fine. Yeah. Because again, people live in bubbles and people don't have a ton of black friends. And that, that's just how it goes. You should view it as, he's my connection to that community. And I support that community, not just I support him. Uh, to my fellow whites and Latinos, my white Tinos, because you know, represent one time, <laughs> and uh, I guess non people of color, minorities, whatever the fuck, you know, um, it's not a dick measuring contest when it comes to being on social media. Yeah, you know, show love, but don't be overdoing it. Um, you're probably gonna get a lot of pressure from black folk right now, being like, "Yo, what are you doing to help the movement?" Uh, and, and kind of rightfully so, <laughs> in my opinion. The more you sit back and kind of be idle about this, at this point, I feel like it was wrong to be idle about it in 2020. But, you know, do your best to support. I don't care if that's financially, if that's your people. Even if it's people you don't know, fuck it. It's not too late. You really want to be an ally. Now is your time to, to put it into motion. I agree with that. If you are feeling pressure you're feeling comfortable and kind of how we said in the beginning like it's our you're supposed to feel that way yeah you're supposed to the, feel the pressure is on <laughs> yeah because you've been i mean not you but you know somebody's you we as a nation have been idle for too fucking long yeah if you're sitting back and you're oh, i feel like i gotta do something yeah you should you should do something yeah uh you know i feel pressure to speak up yeah you, you should speak up yeah you shouldn't sit back you shouldn't show back and and think someone else would get it. Don't let this be the bystander effect. Don't let someone else do what you can do. Even if it's as little as talking to your family. That's a big step. Yes. Do it. Have that hard discussion. Don't boil down a stance by a family member or a friend as just an opinion that they have. Don't sit there and go, it's hard because... I mean, it's their opinion, but you're wrong. Or, hey, you know, that's just their opinion. I don't know what else to do. Don't do that. It's all right to have an opinion when you come in and say, you know, I like my burger with blue cheese on it that's versus wrong. That's wrong. mayo. I'm, I'm going to tell you that's wrong. <laughs> but that's an opinion. That's that an person opinion. should get shot. <laughs> you can be like, all right, you, you know, that's your opinion, whatever. You can go do that. But if you come in and say, uh, my opinion, you know, is... Uh, Black people have enough rights. That's not an opinion to sit back and go, ah, you know, that's just 
one of their their thoughts. That's yeah. one of their beliefs. No, because you're allowing them to get away with that shit. You're allowing them to sit back and you're downplaying how important and how detrimental that is to other people by just by just downgrading it to an opinion rather than an ignorant thought and a and a dangerous thought actually. You don't know where that person is going. I'm not saying everyone is a politician, but that thought process adds to the group think when, hey, no one checked me on this shit. I'm going to go to my group of friends that also might have these ideas and I'm going to reassure them that it's all right to have these ignorant ideas. Don't let anyone tell you differently. And that's how that group think occurs and that full group and that full pushing of a certain agenda or a certain mindset occurs. How that little step where you can say, yo, that's wrong. I'm going to check you. By just not doing that, there's a domino effect of continued thought process to promote oppression. Mm-hmm. It's facts. Yeah, don't let them claim ignorance right now. You can't. Too many people get away with. They're going to jeopardize the struggle that way. This is this isn't this should not be up for debate. None of what I just said should be yeah, buts or well. Well, yeah, you know, like yeah. I'm I'm speaking. I'm dropping fucking knowledge, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is this is truth. Yeah, I don't know. I I I think I know, and everyone tells me I don't know. So I don't know. Nah, man, I don't. You don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what the the answer is for. I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen tomorrow. No, definitely not. And you don't. And what's crazy is this is week one. I'd keep saying that you don't know what the, week two could be even crazier. Yeah, because again, we ain't done yet. And we're on the step to the right. Like we're on the right path. Yeah. So let's stay on it. Don't let the foot off the gas. Keep talking. Keep pressing. Do the right thing. Step up. Right now, more than any time, step up. We are witnessing history. We are a part of history. Be on the right side of it. Exactly. Well, guys, I don't know what the fuck's going on anymore. But I know this is Friendly Fade Podcast. Telling you some real shit. It was... uh, Kohoski. Sporhoosh. Like I said, we're Friendly Fade. Follow us on Instagram at Friendly Fade Podcast. Twitter, Friendly underscore Fade. Donate to Black Lives Matter. Donate to Minnesota funds. Any Donate to your city bail fund right now so you can get people who are on the front line doing the damn thing yeah, out of well, prison. I'm going to put some links into the actual description of this episode and look out for links that we tweet out but make sure you check those and donate and do what you can to support sign petitions um to step up like i said that's all i really gotta say um we're probably gonna continue to hit on different stories um in the coming weeks and I want to say thank you for listening. That's a long episode. I know. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. That is true. We didn't even say welcome back. Season two, we kicking it off. 
with some sh- sad, hard discussion, but it's good to be back yeah. under short, under shitty circumstances. Yeah. Um. Lastly, rest in peace, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice, everybody who's been affected by police brutality and for decades has gone unnamed. We're only naming people that have happened in the last fuck five, ten years. Yeah. Just. You know what the fuck was going on. This shit was going on for decades. We just, now we got phones. Exactly. The phone, the camera phone has been more effective in saving black people's lives than the police. Yeah. I stand by it. I'll fucking tap dance on that one till I die. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Rest in peace to all these people affected by police brutality. Support your people when you can. Support everybody. Power to the people. Oh, also, happy Pride Month. It didn't cancel, yo. Shout out gay people everywhere. Y'all the best. Hold it down, LGBTQ+. Exactly. Agreed. I think we're wrapping it up. I'm going to play this out with some Kendrick. All right. And we're going to head to bed. We've had a long day. And we'll be back next week. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to be next week, but... Love y'all. We're here together. Uh, well, again, it's been Hoosh. Ski Daddy. And one love. Keep that friendly face on. Power to the people. Nazareth. I'm fucked up, homie. You fucked up. But if God got us, then we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Uh, and when I wake up.